This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Good Wednesday morning, everybody. I am Glenda Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for January 5th, episode 2843. And by the way, it's 2022. Does that sound like 2022 or 2022? Like part two. Oh, God, don't say that. Okay, anyway, sorry. Good morning, horse people. Hey, you made it to Wednesday. Only three days left till a weekend full of horsey fun. Lucky for you, you have Jamie and Glenn to get you through on Horses in the Morning. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. For all of you feeling really bad about your winter storms and your cold, we had a post from Auditor Kendra this morning in the Auditor Room, and she lives in North Dakota. And her weather forecast for today is wind chills of 50 below, that's Fahrenheit, snow and winds, oh, by the way, snowing also, and winds gusting to 40 miles per hour. Okay. And, and get this, I'm not done. She has 60 horses to care for. Oh, good Lord. Kendra, <laughs> listen. Uh, it's just so you know, I met Kendra oh, when did? I was in North Dakota <laughs> this past summer doing my expo. I did an expo at the uh, North Dakota Horse Expo and uh, did some demos. And I met Kendra, and I was so excited to be going to North Dakota in the middle of the summer. It was going to be amazing. And then, guess what? It was 104 degrees <laughs> every day. And I'm like, 104. It shouldn't be 104 North Dakota. That's North Dakota. And now <laughs> minus 50 sounds normal, below. right? <laughs> uh, you know what? Don't Kendra, baby. Yeah, I got a spare room you can stay in for a while. Bring cash. I love that pony. So come on. Let's do it. 60 horses. I didn't know there was anybody that had 60 horses in North Dakota. That's just like you're asking for trouble, right? There are so many horses there, and they must just spit nails. <laughs> I mean, really. Can you know how much hay you're going through in the winter at minus 50 with 60 horses? And they probably don't blanket them at all because – because they're North Dakota, they're right. tough. Right. They spit nails. <laughs> hey, did you see about the before we get on with the show, I gotta bring this up too. Did you see about the traffic stopped on I ninety five after the snowstorm the other day? You know what? That is just my worst nightmare. That is a panic attack for me. And I just all I could think was, was there any horses in well, the I was thinking trailers? That it was stopped for people that didn't see that story. In Virginia on I ninety five, fifty miles of I ninety five, both directions were at a standstill, not moving at all for twelve hours. I think they ended up being over fifteen hours actually before they got everybody going. Well, it's got to be a slow process. You got to go one at a time because everybody's run out of gas. That so I looked it up just so you know for future reference. If you're ever stuck in a snowstorm, it's cold, right? You want to run your heat occasionally so you don't freeze to death. I mean, going to the bathroom is one thing, but then you still have to worry about dying from from frostbite. So I looked it up, and you use a half a gallon of gas for every hour you're idling. And that's that's a normal car. The bigger engines will use more. Little tiny engines will use less. But a half a gallon for every hour you're idling. So if you're less for 12 hours, if you're less than six gallons in your car, you're screwed. You're going to be Wow. Chilling. That's terrifying. <laughs> I mean, not to mention the fact that your like, car can break in that kind of situation, oh. that's when car fires happen. I mean, geez, Louise, what a, what a horrible... <laughs> the longest we were ever sitting, like didn't move at all, got out of the car and hung out, was six hours. But that was in the summertime. And it was, you know, it was on a road going through Pennsylvania and there was an accident or something. And we just sat for six hours. Everybody was out just hanging out, talking to each other. Um, but yeah, that I can't imagine in the wintertime. What was the longest you've ever been in? I have made a lifetime out of being a traffic reporter, <laughs> which meant I didn't drive during rush hour because I got to work before you and I stayed after you, you know, like what you got there. And and I did that twice a day for over 10 years. So I can't say that I've sat, but I have reported some nightmare. Some I bet nightmare you have Atlanta. 
in Atlanta. Yeah. So 50 car pileups. I mean, just stuff freeway, at least one freeway would be shut down like every morning going to work. And I'm just like, are the commuters on 85, 75, 400 or I 20, not going to make it to work today. Who's it going to be? <laughs> it's, it's like, like a, a roll of the dice. <laughs> So, so anyway, where our thoughts are with everybody dealing with minus 50. <laughs> you know how often, by the way, if you are driving behind somebody that has a mattress or a refrigerator <laughs> in the back of their truck, do not follow closely. You know what? Just go ahead and pass them because that mattress, it's coming out. It always does. <laughs> Off you the roof. It's tied down with one little rope. Yeah. There's some guy's <laughs> arm you see yeah. hanging out, like hold on yeah. to it. It's gone. Okay. Uh, so it, it, just be uh, be aware that things in the back of trucks fly out and block lanes all the time because I've reported on them. I've reported on the weirdest stuff. <laughs> a Coke machine in the middle of the road. Why? Yeah, we almost a had a refrigerator get us on a, on the trip. Uh, it was in the middle of the road, and we saw it the last minute. It was just a last minute thing where we swerved, and thank God there was nobody in the other lane. Yeah, yeah. it was like I'm just gonna hit something. Yeah, <laughs> at that point you go, you come around the corner, and there's a fridge right there. You go, oh, well, I have no choice. I'm gonna hit them, or I'm gonna hit something. <laughs> so. <laughs> Thank God there was nobody there. Hey, our Black Rains guest today is Ed Harrison. He's going to talk about horse culture in South Africa because he does clinics there, and he also set up a uh, training facility there in South South Africa. We haven't talked about South Africa too much, so that'll be kind of fun. We have our Daily Dose Health segment is a short one from Cat Hill on the best practices to cool your horse uh, after exercise in the winter. Plus, Otter April shares her shopping adventure to buy two draft horses and some mighty weird news. All coming up at today's show. It's going to be a busy one, so let's get to Daily Winnies. I just have two of these. Uh, happy birthday to Lisa Nilsson, one of our terrific auditors, and also Chantel Gilliland. So happy birthday to both of you. And I got to find your. There you go. <laughs> oh my gosh, I have uh, so many people to thank for contributing to our weird news segment coming up later today. But I have to, I have to give a little shout out to Andrew because he sent something that I don't. I, I just, I can't believe what I'm reading as I'm reading it. Uh, so stick around for weird news and little shout out daily Winnie goes to Andrew for potentially the greatest headline ever submitted. Into weird news. <laughs> We'd have a prize for you, Andrew, but we don't. So yeah, that's yeah. why you get the daily Winnie. We yeah. don't, you know, <laughs> that's your prize I, uh, here. I can make you a coffee if you come and get it. That's all I got. <laughs> One of the things we like to do on this show is we like to highlight listeners and auditors who who get new horses because it's just kind of fun to, you know, we're, we all get excited when our friends get a new horse and everybody goes over to see it. And we might even get more excited about that than them having a baby, a, you know, a real baby. So, you know, we like to highlight those people. And one of our long time, long, long time listeners who we both met because she's come to both of our places. Yes. And that's Auditor April. She's out of Texas and she went shopping. And uh, we, I want to know why. Uh, so that's one thing. But we'll let you let we'll let her tell you what she bought. Everything uh, about this screams <laughs> why. I know it does. Everything. That's why I had to have her on because it's like, why? 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 All right, let's get April on. Well, I am so excited to have April on the show. April, good morning. Good morning, Glenn and Jamie. How are y'all? Oh, fantastic. So glad you're here. What on earth were you thinking? Oh, my God. So, backstory. I, I don't know. Backstory. <laughs> April's like, I'm... What What were you looking for? Let's let it come out in your words. <laughs> okay. So, I've always wanted a draft horse. Um, when I was, like, 10 years old, I spent about three months in Poland with some family and was introduced to drafts via their working horses. And since then, I just... I loved them. I always loved them and always wanted them, but never had the chance. So fast forward 30 plus years and 
the chance came around. I, I don't have a riding horse right now, and it's kind of looking at what my next step was going to be. And I told my husband, I said, I think I'm just going to go ahead and get a draft horse. And he's like, do what? And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to buy a draft horse and some Jersey cows. Now, time out. Chicken. Wait, hold on. So the, the, the thing is, you're smart because you told your husband this and he just finished getting over COVID and he's not even really over it. So the good news is he can't chase you. With he can't a guy. Yeah. I noticed He's that helped. timing too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, what are you going to do? I was like, you know, it's either you let me do what I want to do, or, you know, hey, if you need to go to the doctor, sorry. I have other <laughs> plans. Horse women have no empathy or heart at all, except no, for horses. Hey. But for us men, none, zero. No, I'm no. so. He's a cattleman. You have stepped it up in the world of like training your husband or like getting things by, you know, I mean, I've got some tricks, but that was, that's really awesome. Proud of you. Well, he's a cattleman. And if you've seen what he has put me through, this is, this is fair play. It's all good. <laughs> I'm like, so, what's an example of something he's done? Well, see, um, I've palpated cattle. Oh, God. I have cut cattle. We've, push cattle through the woods where I've got to get off my horse and walk and, and hope not to get run over by the ones that he are try, he's trying to turn back. Um, you know, we, we've done all the things we've branded by hand. We've branded in the chute. I've worked gates. I've been cussed at numerous times working cows. Um, by you know, the cows like or your husband? I'm sorry, uh, but all of them. Oh. <laughs> Trust me, the cows have their own language and you can understand it so when they're coming at you. What I'm hearing is that, you know, you're a horse chick and you were made to be a cow chick and that's not a smooth transition. So basically no. we're going to turn it back around. That's exactly right. So, um, so I decided I was going to start looking and started looking around and in Texas there's draft horses, but what I wanted was going to cost a significant amount of money. And so I found one that was a really nice deal in Wisconsin. So I told my husband, hey, I'm going to hop a plane and go see this, this horse <laughs> after Christmas in Wisconsin in the winter, and it's snowing up there. But it's all good because I'll rent a car with all-wheel drive. And he was like, how, how many times have you driven in the snow? I was like, oh, at least five or six times in my life. It's, it's fine. It's what could possibly go okay. wrong? Thank yeah. you. I was like, Whatever. Um, so it did. It took me and my two youngest daughters and but in the meantime, you Oh, know, you're not just gonna kill yourself, you're gonna bring your daughters along. That's if we go look. down, we're going down to the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jamie knows my daughters. It's partners in crime. They are ride or die. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yes. it's yeah, it was like they were like, Let's do this, mom. We don't care that it's ice and snow and that there's supposed to be a winter storm coming. Let's <laughs> you know, we booked the tickets. So you so, went up uh, there to look at um, uh, what what now? What exactly? Well, I started out looking at a Clydesdale mare, an uh, eight-year-old Clydesdale mare who had been shown before and was trained to drive. Uh, has had somebody on her back but not trained to ride. Hint, hint, Jamie. Um, <laughs> and you know how Facebook like knows what you're doing even though it's not supposed to know what you're doing? <laughs> yeah. I started seeing these other ads pop up and – like an hour away, there's a Percheron for sale. Oh and she was really inexpensive because she's older. She's 16 years old. She's try trying to drive, but they had used her for a broodmare and they weren't going to do that anymore. And they just needed her kind of off the feed bill. So I was like, Hey, I'll just add a day and go to another town and look at a Percheron. So I did. We flew up there, got to see the Percheron on day one. Uh, she's big, black, beautiful, a little pushy on the ground, but we can work with that. And so I bought her. And then I went to Watertown and saw this big, beautiful 17-hand Clydesdale mare that we took for a drive, and she was wonderful. And again, a little pushy on the ground. These horses are definitely not loved on. I mean, they're loved, but not like a part of like a family family like they will be here so we have some ground manners work to do but i bought her too <laughs> and, <laughs> so, 
So can I just start with I'm jealous, by the way, April? I'm very jealous right now. Well, you yeah. can come see them. I'm not that far from Jamie. Okay. So if you ever All make right. it to Oklahoma, then you just come down here and we'll hitch up and go for a ride. Yay. Uh, now, of course, the week before I went, we went to a ranch sellout and I bought a wagon and a Pioneer 4 cart, too. So, yeah, it was Merry Christmas to me all the way around. Right? I mean, did your husband actually cash in his insurance policy from? <laughs> like, here you go, just take no. it. No. <laughs> we, um, we had actually decided to do some improvements on the ranch, and uh, we needed to buy a tractor and do some other things. So we uh, actually sold a little bit of land, and there was a little money left over. And I took when? it. <laughs> awesome. That's fantastic. But he was... Okay. This, this is where I want to go. All right. So you have your two children in a frozen tundra, and you have just purchased your second draft horse. Your husband yes. is at home recovering from his COVID experience. Yeah, half dead. Let's throw that half in. Dead. <laughs> He's not half dead. He's driving his new tractor around. He's fine. <laughs> so then you decide, you're like, well, I got to make the call. How did that I do? Please walk us through the phone call to your husband. <laughs> well, I called him on the way back. My um, middle daughter likes to thrift shop, so we've done done some thrift shopping. And we're heading back after dark, and it decided to snow, and I couldn't see the lanes. So I decided to call him at that time because, you know, what better time to do it than on the road when you can't see in the snow? Um, and he's like, oh, are y'all okay? I, you know, see it snowing up there. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, it, it's fine. I can't see real well, so this i got to make this quick. Oh, God. And he said, so how'd it go? I said, uh, well, yeah, we, we bought her. And he goes, oh, you got the Clydesdale? And I was like, um, and the Percheron. And he said, I thought you were going to pick one. And I was like, Lay's potato chips, baby. Can't you have one? <laughs> I mean, you're gonna pay to ship one. Might as well pay to ship two. Oh uh, yes, goodness. they give me a discount on two. And <laughs> like the other one was yes, the other one was really, really inexpensive compared to what she could have been. The Clydesdale was a great price. So between the two, I paid less than I would have paid for one down in Texas. Oh my god! So, and there's hey. no upkeep with the draft horses, so it's like it's free. Like way no, to go! It's fine. It's fine. They're going to be on 30 acres of pasture plus the rest of the land. If I need more hay, it's all good. We make our own hay anyway, so it'll be okay. Yeah. Um, just a little extra. That's good because let me tell you, I owned them. They eat a lot of hay. Yes, yeah. yes, that's what they were feeding them, and and I can't remember how many bells they said they fed daily because where I got the Clydesdale, they have four left, well, three left now, um, and they they go through quite a bit of hay, but they put up their own. They they raise corn and winter wheat and things of that nature, so they're kind of set up to take have care you, of them, and which is what we'll do too. Have you ever had uh, drafts before? I had a half Shire, half thoroughbred mare, and I absolutely, she was my heart horse. I lost her a few years ago, and I just loved her. And the only other experience, other than doing some driving clinics and driving with some people I've known in the past, was my three months in Poland working uh, draft horses in the fields. And I just, at 10 years old, that was just what I decided at some point in my life I was going to do. I need Girl. a draft horse to ride and drive. So here we go. <laughs> so awesome. I mean, this has been like a lifetime dream of yours and you're like, carpe yes. diem. I'm just going to seize the opportunity. You know what? That's I'm so proud of you for doing that. Thank I was you. very surprised because you had talked to me ahead of time of like, Hey, I need to set up uh, hold one of the spots. Cause I may get mm -hmm. this Clyde to ride. And then I see on Facebook that you bought two horses. I was like, <laughs> I can't handle two. Oh, I can't train two. First of all, horses. Jamie could walk underneath him without bending over. So there's that. Um, well, the Percheron won't be trained to drive. I mean, to ride. She's going to be, I'll drive her and she'll sit in the pasture and look pretty. Um, she's she going to keep the other one company. Pounds. Oh, yeah. Yes. Wait till you and, try and uh, pick their feet. They weigh a lot. Oh, I have already picked up their feet. And even though they were good with it, Yes, that's like <laughs> holding a bowling ball. It is. <laughs> and then, so don't forget your hoof pick. You better make sure that sucker is in your back pocket because you ain't stretching to get it. Uh-uh. No. 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 So, so 
then what what is your plan with the Clydesdale then? The Clydesdale, I want to drive her, and hopefully they can drive together. They've both been driven double before, so that's kind of my end goal. But I also want to have her trained to drive. I mean, to ride, uh, to poke around the the place, and maybe you know just go out to the national forest or something like that on her, and just to drive around here. I don't really have any show aspirations. I mean, maybe I'll do a little county show sometime or the other. But if I can have fun and maybe do a Christmas parade in our little bitty town a couple of times, then I'm happy. Hey, um, I love those um, goals. Yeah. I want to yep. be in a parade. And that's um, right. That's so fantastic. Well, April, I'm super excited for you. And if you do send one to train, yes. here's the good news is that um, I have two assistants and yes. one is 5'10", and one is 6'4". So I, I can win. promise that, uh, that Josie Mae will take up their leg nicely. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> I'm so I, I've had two ponies in a row. And, and I'm like, y'all, I have to do all this. What am I paying you for? You know, so now, if this no, happens... They're gonna get it. We'll be good. Yeah, we'll be good to go. I've got a I've got an Irish draft coming this month and then you're, oh, you know, nice. so so I'm like, y'all are gonna be busy. So suck. They are. <laughs> well I've got my dually halters. I'm ready. I'm hoping they're gonna fit. Do they make draft size dually halters? They do. Uh, do they? Debbie yeah. said yes, I got the blue ones and she said that she's pretty sure they'll fit and I sure hope so because they have ginormous heads, but the halter's pretty ginormous itself. So yeah, the the blue one is is it, it, if you have a horse that doesn't fit the blue dually halter, your horse's Just head don't. is swollen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else well, they are say. beautiful. I'll post their pictures in the show notes for today. Thank they're you. they're absolutely stunning. I'm very jealous. Uh, I think you're going to love them to death. I loved having my Percherons. They were so, well, they were so, they're so gentle too. And yeah, they can be a little yeah. tiny bit pushy, but you can work through that. Uh, probably the because they just haven't been handled friends. a lot. They were just used they, and yeah. They haven't. They were used and put up, <laughs> and you know they just they start walking and they're really they you you pull on them or tell them to whoa and they're like oh wait what are you are you there yeah yes I'm here the dually and they're not I, doing it know. they're just doing it because they don't know any better um exactly yeah but the dually will help I with that I just can't even imagine driving something like that oh my god the terror <laughs> so um <laughs> Jamie so will not be teaching walk. driving or anything involving driving <laughs> no. at all <laughs> long line. that's all I can do hey that works oh. so when are they arriving so we'll all know when they set our clocks they ship out January 17th course pending weather so they should be here by the 19th um fortunately the shipper lives actually halfway between both of the drafts so that makes Who's, it really easy who is it? Um, MJK Transport, and they make regular runs from Wisconsin to Texas because apparently that's not a popular run. I don't understand why, <laughs> but, you know, um, it was them or Equine Express, and Equine Express couldn't get to them quite as quickly as I wanted them to, and I have more room to turn around a regular, like, 32-foot big trailer and not the Equine Express 18-wheeler. Yeah. yeah, I was like, um, my my area to drop off is is not conducive to that unless we go all the way to uh, where the cattle are. They're not going to be where the cattle are. They're going to be at my house. Yeah. Oh, look not, at not you. Not two miles away. Yeah. Put them with your husband's stupid cattle. Well, April, congratulations. <laughs> Give Thank your you. family a big hug from us. And I can't will. wait to see you next time you drive through town. I definitely will stop by. Actually, hopefully I'll be there sooner with the Clydesdale in the trailer. Josie and June, come on down. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Thanks, right. April. Thanks, Take April. Care. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Well, there you go. You got your next training project, Jamie. It's going to be showing yeah. up at your house, all 18 hands and 2,000 pounds. I mentioned this to my husband, and he's like, he's like, uh, because I have this Irish draft coming in the next week or so. And uh, he's like, where are we going to put that? I'm like, you just wait. <laughs> he's like, we can't house at Clydesdale. And I was like, we're gonna, it'll be fine. <laughs> they fit. We had regular size stalls and our Percherons fit in them. They're a little tight sometimes, but uh, 
Well, yeah. I've got a mare, a mare fully stall. I'm not worried about the oh, stall. I'm worried be, about the yeah. fencing. Oh, How are yeah. they with fencing? Well, usually they're pretty good. I mean, you know, as long as you have barbed wire and it's eight foot tall, you'll be fine. Yeah, the, <laughs> the, yeah I, don't, I don't have that. So we'll talk. We'll talk, April. I'll call you. Should we? They'll be jumping your little four foot fences, looking at them, going, "What's what's with this?" No, yeah. regular fencing held them in just fine. Now, if they decide to get running, they will go through that fence without even blinking. We did have that happen yeah. a couple of times. They didn't even know they hit it. Is it <laughs> better like, to have them in an electric paddock? Well, it depends. You know, it depends. Do you have three strands of tape, and is it plugged into the one ten? Right into the, you know. I've got I've got one of them plugged directly into the wall, and oh I have shocked myself, and my eyeballs <laughs> yeah. almost popped. Out. Yeah, that's that. That's really not supposed to happen that way. But you know, okay. when you go under the fence and it like touches you yeah. on the back, like, oh, like you it, feel like you've been stabbed. Yeah, it's supposed to be just a little jolt, not really uh, trying to kill you. It's not, this one's for real. You know what? The horse <laughs> is one place. The horses do not mess with the fence. Well, I always said one <laughs> of two things is going to happen. <laughs> so. You never know. Well, head on over to statelinetech.com. She's going to need to be getting new tech because nothing will fit. Blankets. Uh, well, wait till she sees what the farrier bill is going to be, too. That'll oh, be good fun. <laughs> um, used to run around, if we got shoes at all, and the one we had to, because they have such lousy feet. That's the other thing. They have bad feet, and you have you have uh, abscesses all the time. It's a it's a joy. Um, and we had shoes put on once, and it was 400 to $500 for one. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's not cheap. And nobody wants to do it because it's a lot of work. <laughs> so, anyway, head on over to State Line Tack to get all of your horsey needs. I noticed right now, that they have lunging supplies on sale. And I'm always amazed at how many lunging supplies there are in the world. But if you need whips, if you need lunge lines, if you need uh, if you need cavitons, whatever you need, head on over right now to statelinetech.com. Scroll into their lunging area. There's a link right there on the homepage. And you'll find all different kinds of lunge whips and, and regular whips and uh, lunge lines and you know, all of that is listed there. Driving lines as well, because uh, I'm sure you use yours all the time. Um, and they have the really soft cotton web ones, and I like those the best when I'm doing ground driving. They're my favorites. I don't like rough things on my delicate hands. So you can get those today, statelinetech.com. Well, coming up next is our health segment brought to you by Daily Dose Equine. Cat, this time we're talking about keeping your horses warm after a workout. And I think there always is some confusion exactly what to do here. I do think it's one of the most confusing things, and especially for people who don't necessarily have access to a beautiful indoor that attaches to stalls if you're having to go out in the wind or if you've been out for a trail ride. How exactly do you keep those, um, those horses warm from having their muscles seize up and get stiff and uncomfortable? Um, the biggest rule of thumb is simply to never leave a damp warm horse uncovered. You want the horse to cool out slowly. It's actually the opposite of what we think of when we think of the summertime. You really want them to not go from warm and sweaty to freezing cold all at once. Um, Sweat evaporates, which cools them off, which is great in the summertime and works against us in the winter. So I actually leave my tack on until I have a fleece over their rear end Um, and then I will remove my saddle and saddle pad, but I don't take my saddle and saddle pad off and then put it down and go get a fleece because I think it can catch a a chill quite quickly when when it's properly cold. The same thing, I actually try to use a quarter sheet at the beginnings and ends of my workout so that when I'm doing my walking cool down, when I'm on them or hand walking them, they have something over their quarters to keep them warm. I also try to layer blankets, especially uh, up here, in the chicken parts where you know, most days, if you're riding after work, are going to be um, close to freezing or below freezing. It's very hard to just have a fleece on them. They'll get cold. So what I'll actually do is uh, put a sports net or a, um, the Rambo Luxury Cooler is really nice. It's a dual layer that wicks or even the fleece lined Ionic on, on top of them. And then I put another blanket over top of that to wick away any moisture and then have, you know, the protective layer from the wind on top of it. I actually don't walk forever. I let them stand, but I just make sure that they stay covered. And especially if you've got a limited amount of time after work and you got to get them dressed again before you head home, putting something 
underneath their regular blanket that helps wick will prevent them from getting chilled. So the horsewear blankets we uh, or fleeces that we'd recommend here are are uh, the Rambo Sports Net um, as your base layer, and then the Rambo Luxury Cooler or a fleece lined Ionic as your second layer. Well, thank you for that, Kat. Good advice. Where can people find more about what you do? We're on Facebook, at Instagram, and our website are all the same. It's World Class Grooming. Our website is worldclassgrooming.com, and then you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at just World Class Grooming. And don't forget the book, World Class Grooming. You can find that at the website as well. Great holiday gift. Happy to be joined by Janet Geyer, the mad scientist behind Daily Dose Equine Horse Feeds. And she's going to explain to us why there are no pellets in her horse feed. So if you open yourself up a bag of Daily Dose Equine Horse Feed, it's going to look a little different. And I want to know why. Well, first of all, we decided not to make any pellets out of our horse feed. And the reason is, is that pellets are typically made of wheat. Um, and to make a pellet, you need to basically extrude the horse feed. So it's a processing uh, issue. So if you want to have basically a whole food that's not so processed, you wouldn't want to make a pellet. So that's one reason. Another reason is, is that pellets often hide the ingredients that are in there. They can hide taste, and uh, they can certainly hide ingredients, and you really don't know what's in there. Um, with our feed, we want you to see all the ingredients. So we've made a textured feed, and sometimes we grind it up, and sometimes it does look a little powdery. Um, but the reason for that is we want to mix the vitamins and minerals thoroughly in the product without creating more processing. So that is the reason why we do not use pellets. And the reason we don't use wheat is because wheat has been linked to a lot of health issues. So we want to stay away from modern wheat, we wanted to stay away from uh, the glyphosate that is or used to grow the modern wheat and uh, make it a lot more simple. So you mechanically alter some of the ingredients by grinding them up, but that is very, very we different do. than creating a pellet, which is, which requires heat and pressure. It does exactly. There, there we go. So, so that that makes a big difference. So when you open up that bag of Daily Dose Equine Horse Feed, and it looks a little different, there's an important reason. Because there's an important reason for everything that Janet does to her horse feeds, and our goal here is to quiz her about as many of those as we can. And if you want to learn more about Daily Dose Equine Horse Feeds or find a retailer near, near you, just go to www.dailydoseequine.com. Or if you want to purchase some directly online and get fast and convenient shipping, just go to Chewy.com. And I think it's six six of the different horse feed formulas are on there now? Correct. There we go. Well, we're going to have our Black Grains guest of the month here. We're so excited that they're continuing to do that with us. But did I see that you got a couple of new horses in since Monday when we talked? I did. Yes. I got a couple new thoroughbreds, both available for adoption. And here's the, here's the, here's the problem with these name. Okay. So we've got Oma Jean. Oma Jean is a two and a half year old. Uh, he won't be three till April. Uh, thoroughbred. He's actually really big, like big boned. He looks like he'd just make the greatest hunt horse. He had a strained tendon when he was put in training at two. And they quickly caught it, pulled him off. And you can kind of feel like a little thickening. But he's had all the rest and rehabilitation at Horse and Hound. And so they've sent him to me to restart. Great. Then I've got Tell Me Boo Boo. Tell me boo boo uh, is a really that's the filly that you saw trotting around on my Facebook page that you were like, even I see that's a pretty nice. Trot. Yeah, I, that even I looked at that filly trotting around and went, wow, she floats. She does. She's a really nice mover. So uh, we will see what happens with her. She's she's sound and ready to go. So I just restarted her yesterday and both of them yesterday. Um, but here's the problem, Glenn. One horse is named Omagene, and the other is Tell Me Boo Boo. Do you know what I keep calling them? No. Oma Boo Boo? Omicron and Honey Boo Boo. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's probably not a good omen for the uh, one horse. (laughs) No, but I'm like, hey, this uh, Chad closes the game with Omicron. I'm uh, I'm a gene. It's just it's too close. It's too soon. It is too soon. Honey Boo Boo, like I don't, I've never watched the show in my life, but I know who she is, and so yeah, it's Omicron and Honey Boo Boo. So we'll just, (laughs) I can't help but call that. It's terrible. (laughs) That is pretty bad. All right, it's let's hard get, enough to yeah. remember their like real name, you know, because I try to when they first would come to me, I would give them a barn name, but then I have to remember their name, their actual register name, and then their barn name. And then sometimes a horse and hound had a barn name for them that I would find out later. And so then this one horse has three names. Oh, you did. And, oh, you need to change that and just do what the auctions do and paint a number on their butt. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know that right now I have number 83 and 84 of horses I have restarted from Horse and Hound. 83 and 84. Isn't that crazy? I think Chad would appreciate the numbers, too, if you just painted them on the butt. Yeah. Because then you could go out and just say, get number four. or Well, in your case, they're now number 84. Uh, Well, this last time I I was like, I'm going to take Chow Baby back. And he's like, who's Chow Baby? And I was like... I'm Chad, with... that horse has been here for three and a half weeks. I'm with like, him. I've talked about it every day. This horse has been very difficult for me. He's the one you actually helped me with him the first couple days. You remember that? Yeah, remember but we only horse? commit to memory things that are going to be around for a while. He's like, you know, he's just remembering your name after all these years. Does I he know. even know your middle name? I'm sure he does. I'm sure he does. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, but yes, he's not a bad husband. It's just he just doesn't. Yeah, there's like things that just don't register with him. But to be fair, I we were we he helps me with all my books, so he gets on but the you computer. You go through and, a lot of horses. You know, Jennifer was training horses, but she wasn't going through as many as you were as quickly. And I still didn't know who they were. Yeah. So I, it's, it's just something that's not important to us. So I'm voting for the big, big red spray painted numbers on their butt. Like their auction horses? Yeah, big, like, only bigger. They only make them small. I'm thinking huge, like graffiti. Yeah. You know? yeah. Now we need, now we're, give me some spray paint for 85 and 86. <laughs> That's right. No, we're not doing that. Um, but you can always just yeah. shave it off. I mean, before they go back to the rescue. Mm-hmm. Or just yeah. leave it on for the rescue and they can number them too. Well, you know, the the rescue, they, I went, when I went on Monday, I'm like, oh my God. It just, it, it, at this point in the year, Everything is really, really fuzzy and they have round bells out all the time. So now everything is really fat. So everything is fat and hairy and bay. And so I was like, how the hell do you guys know who is who? And so that, but what they do, they're all thoroughbreds. So that doesn't help. (laughs) Thoroughbreds, like 90% of them are plain bay, you know, and, and so, uh, they keep collars around their neck. You know, with like a like cow, they do with cows sometimes. Yeah, yeah, they don't stamp them in their ears or anything, but like they're just around their neck. They have a tag on the collar. Yeah, Yeah. so it's like a red collar with the number. We used to use these same collars at a vet clinic that I worked at because we had so many horses coming and going that you put a collar on them and it's like red twelve. And so, like, I need you to go out to the field and get green seven. You You need that. You need those. I know, I know. I need to go ahead and keep that here. No, but I keep so so few at a time. That, but I do have to write it down because, like, when I have a board that I write down when they come in and when they leave, I'm pretty organized in a very non-techy way. Like, I literally write everything down on a on a board, on a dry erase board, and then I take a picture of the dry erase board. I was going to say, then you erase it and go, "Damn, I should have saved that." Yes, I, I, have to, I take like 10 pictures of it before I race it because I'm terrified. And I come up here and I plug it all into the computer and it's so like, it's so, I don't know, it's not very techy, I guess. Probably I should enter things into an app, but I feel like I stare at my phone enough. So I'm just like, take a picture of it and bring it on up and Chad does it for me. <laughs> Well, before we get to our Black Rains guests, I just wanted to mention that tomorrow we're going to have a brand new episode for you. They're going to be here the first Thursday of every month, and that's Sidelines Magazine. Uh, And long, long time listeners will know we used to have Aaron come on from Sidelines Magazine, and we also used to have Emily that used to come on who was down in Wellington and give us the – Emily used to give us the gossip out of Wellington – I missed that, actually. We had so much I love <laughs> co-hosting the Jumper Show with her. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but she, uh, oh, uh, we're going to ha- have Sidelines is doing their own episode every month. 
They're hosting it, and it's going to be kind of talking about uh, that world, which is a little different than we all live in. So uh, we're going to have them on, and they're a lot of fun, and I'm, I'm looking forward to recording that today. That'll be out on your feeds tomorrow, so look for a brand new episode from Sidelines Magazine. In the meantime, we're thrilled that Black Rains Magazine has continued to provide us guests every month. They're always terrific, and we always learn a lot. And today, we're going to South Africa. I don't think he's living there right now, but we'll find out. His name is Ed Harrison. And he is called the Global Cowboy. He's a pastor as well as a horse trainer. And I want to be a global cowboy. I know. Well, you that have to move to awesome. South Africa and open Ed Harrison performing performance horses, which is what he did in 2017. Uh, and he also has a network called the Global Cowboy Performance Horses. So he does training and all that kind of stuff, but he also does a lot of work in Africa. And I want to talk to him mainly about that because it's not a thing we talk about very often. So let's get Ed on. Well, hi, Ed. Thanks for joining us today. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for having me. Now, where you are, where are you at right now in the world? Well, I'm currently running my training barn out of um, Weatherford, Texas. Oh wow! Okay, so you're you're below no, the snow neighbors. belt. Yeah, <laughs> we're neighbors. I'm up in Norman, Oklahoma. Oh yeah, I go through there all the time. Going to like horse shows at um Oklahoma City. Know exactly where that is. All right, well, stop by. Well, Ed, I went over a little oh, bit absolutely. about about you and how you're a rainer and you're you know involved with the AQHA and you're a pro horseman there and and all of that stuff. Um, but I really wanted to focus on uh, Africa. You actually lived in South Africa, and you do work there in the ministry and also just helping out down there as far as horses are concerned. Can you tell us a little bit about what the horse culture is in South Africa? So it's it's very interesting. Um, it's, it's kind of, it's really, really, really divided. Um, there is a really, really big English um, I mean, the English disciplines are very big, very developed, you know, dressage, hunter jumpers, um, all that aspect is very, very, very big. And also I learned that like, I guess in the United States, we would call it Gymkhana, but they call it Western Mounted Games. That's also become really, really big because you don't have to have a lot of money to do it. You don't have to have any special training, you know, just your, you know, just you and your kid and just go have a good time. So that has been a very big deal. But the more, um, the more rigorous Western disciplines have really kind of not really taken off like the reining and definitely no cow horse, definitely no cutting, but like the Western pleasure, the ranch riding, they they just kind of struggled to kind of get going when I, when I first started coming around. So why is now, that? I have a question yeah, go ahead, first Jamie. Yeah. because I have a, I'm a Monty Roberts certified instructor and we have a, I went to, class my advanced course with three people from south africa and what is your opinion on the burped how'd i do okay yeah okay just you know <laughs> they look they're kind of okay I'm, i don't want to say this in a bad way because i don't mean it to be intended that way but you know how like, the the american mustang they look so different like there's hardly one that looks the same you get some that are like really pretty and then you get some that are like oh my gosh it's a draft horse head on a, like a miniature body and they, they're just kind of all over the spectrum but they're i mean they're just like the south african quarter horse but none of them actually look the same so they're all they're all very different and i've seen some in the mounted games i've seen some in the dressage i've seen some in the raining i mean they're just all so different Mm -hmm. So Glenn, the Burped is the South African, kind of like their version of the quarter horse. And they do, they come in every shape and size, but the South Africans that I know, they murder you for saying something negative about their. Oh, like, they're very country. proud of that. Huh? Oh my God. <laughs> That's why Ed hesitated. I've said it to them as well, but I kind of softened it a little bit, but I was like, yeah, they're kind of like an American Mustang. And I just left it at that. You know, <laughs> I didn't continue after that. I'm a huge Mustang fan. So that'd be like a high compliment to me, but, <laughs> but yeah, you got to be careful. So I, that's what I was wondering if, if those are the horses that they're using in all of these equestrian sports. No, they, they do a lot of importing. Um, like for, for, um, for example, you know, I ran to a woman, I was at a, um, a reigning horse show in Cape Town, and the people that I was, uh, one of my customers had brought in like six cutting horses at one time, and there were a couple of warm bloods on the, you know, on the plane with them. And we ended up meeting the lady whose warm blood was imported from the United States with this man's cutting horses. 
So, I mean, there's a lot of importing of horses that goes on. And then there are some that they've imported enough, you know, mares and studs. And so some of them are trying to breed and kind of make their own um, program for quarter horses there. So like the, the American Quarter Horse Association, they do have an affiliate in uh, South Africa. So there are established breeders um, in South Africa. But, you know, for a lot of the more people that want the train horse right now, they do go to, say, America or Europe um, and, and buy horses and bring them in. So what what do they do about keeping horses? In some countries, everybody keeps, like Asia especially is this way, there are centralized barns, everybody keeps their horses at those barns, there's like no backyard horse people. So what's the breakdown in South Africa? No, no, they definitely, so so South Africa is actually a very developed country. Um, Like, I know you think of Africa as a whole, um, all the countries are very, very, very different. Um, so like South Africa, like I said, it's, it's almost like, it's almost like being in Europe and, you know, different people, they'll have their, their farms and, you know, they're gated, they're like gated farms and they have their own barns and their own setups and their own arenas. And, and that's just the way it is. And so when I was actually there, um, I would actually go do clinics at different farms that would host the clinics. And I mean, they were very, I mean, very, very, very well built barns, very well structured barns. And, you know, there were, like, pockets of Western reigning and, like, Western pleasure. There were these pockets scattered all over the country. And I was like, I didn't know that there were that many quarter horses. I thought y'all rode zebras. I didn't know. <laughs> it, was, oh it was surprising. Uh, but there are also pockets of, like, I mean, murdery kind of situations. So you got to be really careful what pocket oh, you're yeah. going into. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, with the people that I was with, they were very established. And, I mean, I'm staying at places with, like, got to get through three gates that are with electrified barbed wire fence all, i mean so like they're like they're like fort knox you were not getting yeah. in there if you weren't supposed to be so yeah i mean just outside the gate you're like oh my gosh i'm not going out there but inside it's, it's quite all right wow so i i reading your bio and everything i thought this guy has got to be 65 years old i mean all the things that you've done it's like a lifetime of stuff and i'm pretty sure you're younger than me you just have a new baby i mean <laughs> how have you uh, how have you got all this done you've been all over the united states and then now all over africa and you're back with your own training facility how does that happen well um you know the bible says that the steps of the good man are ordered by the Lord. And so I became a Christian at 19 and I was taught faith. I was taught fasting and praying. I was taught to, you know, hear the voice of the Holy spirit. And when you hear him speak, do what he says. And so when I, when I became a Christian, you know, my relationship with Christ was very solidified and the Lord began to tell me, I want you to train horses and I'm going to use it. And I'm going to take you all over the place. And I'm sitting here like renting a room on a goat farm in Michigan somewhere because that was the cheapest way I could keep horses. And I'm going, well, what is that? That sounds, you know, it sounded so abstract. And I'm like, well, you know, it's not really going to happen like that. But, you know, the Lord just showed me where to go. And it was like, I would go, you know, from one place to the next. And it was like someone had already been there doing all the groundwork for me. So I have done a lot of things, but they were all very easy to do because I only did what I heard the Holy Spirit tell me to do which has been a lot, but it's, it was very easy because it's like he already laid all the foundation for me. I'd be like, Holy Spirit, give me a break, man. I'm exhausted. <laughs> I mean, it's, I'm, I was young. I was there. I'm 36 now. So all this started around like 20 something. So I mean, I was young. I was, especially I was single then. And, you know, I wasn't dating really like that. Cause I was just so, you know, just so Driven. wrapped up and just trying to do whatever God wanted me to do. So I'm just full of energy. I'm like, Hey, I'm going to Africa. I'm going here. I'm going there. I mean, it was, it was, it was so, it was so much fun. So, you know, it was cool. I got to ask you about something else that's on your resume here. And 99% of our listeners have chickens. Uh, most of them have way too many chickens, but uh, I'm reading here. You established something called eggs for Africa. Tell us about that. Yeah, so I noticed, um, you know, one of my things is anything that I establish, I like it to be, uh, to become self-sufficient. A lot of our ministry um, in Africa is supported by a lot of my colleagues in the Randy Horse community. And, you know, it's great, and I appreciate everyone's support, but in my mind, I would like to establish um, a revenue stream in Africa. Should our support die off, the ministry doesn't have to die off. And so just through being there, and I live like everybody else when I go over there, most people cannot afford to eat meat because it's too expensive. So typically their diets will be like rice, some form of noodles. 
and one or two boiled eggs. Everybody, I don't care how poor they are, can afford eggs. And I was like, you know what? What it would be a great idea to begin to, to establish a farm. I really felt like the Lord gave me the idea to establish a farm and sell eggs because it's something that everybody, everyone eats eggs. And if you do it on a large enough scale, we can become profitable and then the ministry can begin to support itself. And so mm. it took me about four years to get it started because I said, I need to have a partner and I need to have this, I need to have that. And it, the right person came to me and the, the financial backing was there, the support was there, the land was there, and it just got started. How many chickens? Well, so right now we, we've started small because we know there are going to be bumps in the road. So we started with 300 chickens. Oh, that's it. So, yeah. Yeah, I think Jamie has that in her backyard right now, actually. <laughs> no, I don't. But I'm on my way. <laughs> but we recently actually just bought another piece of property uh, because it's time to expand now. So we want to expand to 1,000 birds, and then probably next year we're going to move up again. So we're kind of wanting to scale, but we just want to make sure we don't get too big too fast and we can't handle it. So that's kind of our deal. We sell out. I mean, we never have eggs, but we have, I mean, yeah, the demand is very high. That's you know, I love that idea of the self-sustaining. It's it's, I think it's a mistake that we have made as a culture in in situations like this. Is if you do provide support, you can provide support, but then when the support runs out, you haven't helped them really at all. Uh, yeah, well, because they become used to receiving support, and their experience now is no longer there. So my thing is like our ministry. We have so many different branches in Nigeria. So. Everything I want to do, I'm like, if people are, if they have employment, there's things like dignity they can learn, work ethic they can learn, um, you know, self-responsibility, self-respect, all of that. So when we started our church and our school, we had all these volunteers. I said, you know what? No, I'm going to start paying y'all because there are things I want to teach you, and I can't put the demand on your time like that if I'm not giving you a wage. And when I saw the personal growth in these different people, I was like, this is it. We're going we're gonna to do more ministry providing employment than we ever will preaching on a platform, which we still do. We still do that. But it just, it gives us a greater opportunity because they said these people are really actually helping us. If I hire someone's husband, you know, their husband is going out and working for what their family needs. It's not giving it to them. Their husband is earning it. So he looks different to his wife. He looks different to his children. It's a whole, it's a thing about community. And I just don't think you can substitute that with just giving people stuff. I'm go- we're going to let it at that. That was a perfect way to end this conversation. Where can people find more about you and what you do? I just think that's perfect. Excellent. <laughs> Where can they find you? Is is a Facebook the best place? Facebook. I have a website and also have a YouTube channel, but my website is www.theglobalcowboy.com. Um, also on Facebook, my page is The Global Cowboy. Also on YouTube, my, fa- my, my page is The Global Cowboy. That's terrific. Thank you so much for joining us. And we want to thank Black, Black Rains Magazine also for setting this up. We really appreciate that. And thank you for doing the work you're doing uh, here and in Africa. Well, thank you. Thank you all very much for having me. I, I definitely appreciate any opportunity to just share with people what we're doing. Well, he was delightful. That was so much fun. I love hearing about the other countries and how they how they do things. It's just uh, good guests today. Yeah, yeah we really had fun. <laughs> We've gone really long, actually. So uh, I think probably we need to trim down weird news to just the one amazing story. But right. first, let's hear from our sponsor, American Harvest. American Harvest's newest product for horses, equine hemp pellets, are formulated and produced from natural hemp. The palatable pelleted formula is manufactured with potent raw CBD using no chemical processing, so your horse will love the taste as much as you'll love the benefits. These hemp-derived CBD pellets can help your horse recover faster after a show, get relief from inflammation, reduce his nerves, and even ease his digestion. If you prefer a liquid application, check out American Harvest THC-free CBD oil or premium hemp extract, which provides CBD from hemp extract. Look for the full line of American Harvest products at your local equine shop, any Hubbard dealer, or online at store.altech.com. A funny story. So yesterday, (laughs) I I guess I should probably look out and check on him. He seems okay. Yesterday, Zeus did what Zeus does and got out. He's learned that if he bangs on the gate, 
hard enough. And I don't feel, I don't, it was after feeding time and he decided he needed more food and he banged on the gate. Well, I didn't think anything of it. And I ran back up to the house. I came back down about, I got some food and I came back down about a half an hour later and Zeus is out and he has let himself out and his friend pink and Zeus has taken an American harvest supplement container that was brand new (laughs) and eaten half of it. Oh no. No. This is not cheap. Why couldn't he eat something cheap? No, it's like $90 a container. And so he ate like $40 worth of hemp. And I was like, oh, my God, you're going to be so high. (laughs) I mean, it's THC free. But I was like, is it okay for him to get a I don't know. Was he alive this morning? (laughs) Yeah, he was alive this morning. And he just I think he's just walking a little slower, a little more cautious. Very chill today. He probably feels great. I'm going to take him for a ride this morning, get it all done. Uh, Yeah, but he ate probably a pound of hemp. And he he was still alive. So I guess he probably just had a really nice night. (laughs) I hope to. I got to get a hold of them. We're supposed to pick a winner for the 90-day free supply of American Harvest Equine products uh, this week on the show. So hopefully well, on it's Friday. a testament to the fact that horses love it. It's delicious. <laughs> to where he got out of his pasture. What you do a video of him stumbling around? This and morning. it was brand new, Glenn. I don't oh. know how he opened an unopened supplement container. Why is this horse like David this? Zeus? <laughs> Hashtag David Zeus. I swear, it's a, you, there's like a zip tie thing around it. You have to pull it over, and the box was not broken. It was just open, <laughs> just open. All right, we have time for one of these. Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race in Jamie's Weird News. Oh my God! But there's so many good ones. Um, but I. Uh, Glenn will let me do all of them. I'll save the rest for next time. But I would like to go ahead and do Andrew's because I teased it at the beginning of the show. Yeah, I got to hear this. Um, okay. So Iberville Parish Truck Stop, which is in, I looked it up, Louisiana. It had to be Louisiana. <laughs> Anything named really? Parish is in Louisiana. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, Louisiana has a uh, truck stop that has uh, like a little bit of a petting zoo in it and there's a camel that's in a fence this fence if you're looking at it is wire it says no trespassing all around it it's probably like six feet tall and i mean it's not the most secure thing in the world and it looks like something could get under it but whatever the camels are in this pen and there's a lot of signs that say do not disturb all around it um, well, turns out that Gloria Lancaster, 68, and Edmund Lancaster, 73, pulled off of this truck stop and just unclipped their dog from their leash. And the dog entered the pin behind the tiger truck stop uh, and went in with the camel. The couple told the deputies that the camel attacked their dog without provocation. But again, the dog was in <laughs> in the camel's pen. pen. Yeah. So because the camel attacked the dog, the wife said, "I'm going to go in there and I got to get my dog mm. back up." And it's 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 hard to know how the next <laughs> part happened, but. She went in and started swatting at it, and at some point, I think it, like, sat on her. I don't know. I don't understand how this next part happened, but the animal had to get antibiotics because the woman bit him in the testicles. And that's the not where I thought this was going. <laughs> bit the camel in the oh balls, Glenn. Oh, my God. Because camel sat on her or something. There's just really no description on how she got her face between the back legs of a camel. (laughs) But it was on her and she bit him on the left elbow and that didn't work. And so she bit him on the balls and then the camel stood up. The wife was able to get free grab their dog and run outside of the fenced in camel area. The deputies say the camel did not harm Edmund Lancaster. His 
injury was consistent with crawling under barbed wire, <laughs> not being bitten by the camel, which is what he told everybody. He got bit by the camel, and he didn't have anything to do with it. Uh, so, so, so let me just paint this picture. We're in Louisiana. We got a camel in a pen. This woman and man let the dog off a leash. Dog runs in the camel pen. Camel starts attacking the dog. Woman goes to attack camel. Camel somehow sits on lady's face and she bites him in the balls to get away. Can I give you one guess where this couple's from, Glenn? Florida. <laughs> you win a gold star for the day. We shouldn't let Floridians out of Florida, to be honest. Um. Y'all need to stay put. <laughs> Y'all need to stay put. They say that there are many exotic animals. If anybody is interested in visiting, uh, there's a miniature horse, a kangaroo, and a little Cody from South uh, South America. And uh, yeah, apparently animal rights activists have been attacking this place for years, trying to get these animals to a different place. Like it, it just, whatever. Anyway, camel. Let's not balls. let your dogs off the leash at a public uh, rest stop either. Let's just. So let me, let me yeah, just, let me just read the title. Oh yeah. I want to hear um, the title because the headline it was sent to me and I, I was like, I don't even need to read this story, Andrew, because the headline is so good. And it says, um, <laughs> after woman bites tiger truck stop camel, animal given precautionary antibiotics. <laughs> <laughs> we don't care about the woman, but God bless, get that, get that camel some antibiotics from that woman who bit him in the balls. <laughs> what? I don't. You know what? I'm glad there was only one today. How could you beat that? You just couldn't. I mean, oh, there's the, another one. I, I promise you guys next week. Let me see. <laughs> Let me read you the title. I'll explain. Florida man with drugs wrapped around his penis denies they were his. <laughs> That's next week. <laughs> and on that note, join us tomorrow for sidelines auditors. Hang on, we'll see y'all Friday. Right. Get your ads into Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com for Friday. Giving away prizes. Alicia, Lori, Victoria, Andrew, you guys are awesome. Thanks. Keep sending me weird news. Bay Neuter Geld.